Welcome to the Foxy Podcast, a bi-monthly show brought to you by Freeform Freakout. The show is produced at KMSU Studios in Mankato, Minnesota. And here on the Foxy Podcast, we try to dig deeper into underground and experimental sounds of the past and present. Welcome to episode number 228 of the Foxy Podcast Show. Hope you're all doing well out there, wherever you're listening from. On this episode, we're going to delve into the work of Kitchen Like Records, which, according to their website, is, quote, a half-Canadian, half-Italian tape label based in Berlin, inspired by DIY, collages, Dada, zines, mail art, the Minutemen's Econo aesthetic and philosophy, Riot Girls, punk, and more, end quote. The label releases limited runs of tapes that are all home dub and adorned with handmade collage cover art. Kitchen Leg has been active for a decade now. In fact, the week that this episode was being produced, the label was celebrating their 10th anniversary with a two-night label showcase in Berlin. Having been a fan of what Kitchen Leg has been up to for many years, it's made for a good reason to reach out and connect with partners Andrew and Federica, the aforementioned Canadian and Italian halves behind the label, to discuss some of the motivations and history behind Kitchen Leg and also some of their own various musical projects that they have been involved in over the years too. You'll hear my interview with them in a few different segments throughout the show along with track selections that cover a pretty significant portion of the releases in the Kitchen Lake catalog. Before we get into the first interview segment, I'm going to play a handful of songs that appeared on some of the earliest tapes that came out on Kitchen Lake. This first song actually comes from the very first release on the label. This is Bra 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 with Glass Grave. Yeah. 
So I thought for starters, maybe could you explain how you both ended up in Berlin and I guess some of the circumstances or maybe shared experiences that you had that led to the formation of Kitchen Leg Records? Well, I can start as I'm personally, I came to Berlin the first time in 2001 and subsequently came back three or four times before I decided to settle here. Uh, so I started living here around 2007 and I met Federica around 2000, end of 2012. She'd already been living here a few years. And by the time we'd met, we kind of realized we were pretty much running in the same circles, going to the same shows, but we'd never sort of met before. So uh, we were already sort of in like a local scene of sorts, um, in bands and knowing other people in bands. So that was kind of the start of, um, I guess, having the idea to, to start a cassette label, probably just because we knew so many other bands and we were active in our own. That was sort of the first impotence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How about for you? I, you mentioned the, for you, Federica, what, what brought you to Berlin? Uh, well, I came here because I did my PhD here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I came in uh, the end of 2009 and I started my PhD at the beginning of 2010. So I was doing my PhD in chemistry. But of course, the attraction of Berlin is music too. So I um, I was quickly involved in many bands. I mean, I started a couple of bands here. And um, so I, I also was very much into the experimental music scene here. That's a very big a tape scene. There was this tape around Berlin when I moved here and Stahlplatz and all these tape labels also like shops that carry a lot of tape, like Stahlplatz was doing. So that was something very big. And, uh, but I think uh, the main inspiration of Kitchen Lag was a bit Boring Machines because I did my first album as to shampoo with Boring Machines. And Boring Machine was very much an inspiration for us because it's a label done by a person who follow only his music taste, mm-hmm. whatever people likes it or not. He just produce what he want and it's completely independent. And that for us was very much an inspiration. We wanted to make music, reproduce music like this. We wanted to produce music of our friends that we like. And uh, the tape idea came because tape are very cheap. <laughs> so yeah. it was more possible. And the collage idea came when I saw the collage that Andrew was doing. Sure. And I really loved them. So that's, we, we kind of combined these two concepts yeah yeah well i love boring machines too uh, that i've followed them for a long time and and i've always loved what they put out uh, kind of curious come back to like you discovered a, a community or a scene when you got there in terms of the label itself did you did you see that as a, an opportunity to maybe document uh, what you were a part of or or was it at first maybe a, an outlet just for work that you were creating music that you were creating I don't know if it was uh, necessarily to document a particular scene because some of the individual bands uh, were very short-lived. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, now when you look at it, those, a lot of those bands don't exist or the first stuff that we put out. So it is a form of documentation, but it wasn't that we had a particular focus other than we like this band. Uh, they were active when we put them out. Um, and... Uh, 
Yeah, at the beginning it was a bit unfortunate. Sometimes some of the bands didn't last uh, <laughs> very long. We thought maybe there was a label had a curse or something. Like that. <laughs> but of course, that's just the way bands are. That's normal, actually. But yeah, I don't know. The, the the idea was very the way I remember it, and the way she proposed it was just um, yeah. Let's, I mean, one release at a time, right? And it usually presented itself by either going to a show and seeing a band that we liked and making a, a proposition to them for a release. It's normally how it worked. So it was always one release at a time. There was no um, uh, grander plan other than just to keep it going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I feel pretty fortunate in that you started mailing your tapes off to us here at, at Freeform Freakout pretty early on. And I'm maybe right, right from the start. So I feel like I've been able to follow like the label's development over the years, which has been really fun. So I should say thank you for that. That was really, you know, I wouldn't have known otherwise. But you know, I guess one of the things that, that struck me about the label pretty early on was that you did have a very distinctive aesthetic right, right from the get-go, uh, you know, just visually and even sort of, I think sort of musically, though that could be, challenged you know you've put out a variety of stuff but you know i kind of felt like you were carrying on the spirit of other labels like maybe k records or kill rock stars you know uh but obviously a fresh perspective and focused on the community that you were part of but uh, i just wonder if you could maybe speak to um and i and federico you already kind of addressed this to a certain degree but i guess some of the other considerations that helped establish that aesthetic right from the get-go and I, I guess the artwork was a key piece of that yeah i mean the, the artwork came because uh andrew was living in this big uh like flat like it was like a in german we call it the gay. like it would be like, like a flat share flat share okay. <laughs> with a lot of and he was doing they were all artists and he was doing this mixtape for for his flatmate and he showed me some of this uh collage and I was thinking wow this is very beautiful it's it, like it matched good with the with the concept of the tape and since I'm a very big fan of 4ID like the original stuff I like the the idea of like having um, an aesthetic which is the same mm-hmm. to all the artwork I think it's, it's uh, something something imp- identifiable yeah, yeah right, right. something important. but also I don't know like the the concept like behind the label, it came a bit by chance uh, because uh, I mean, in one hand, is is a tribute of the fact that uh, we think our friend make very good music, and most of the musicians that we put out are our friend. Uh, except, and if they are not, they become because, uh, for instance, when we did the, the tape of the Mambos, we didn't know the Mambos at all. It's just a friend of mine me like oh you must come to see this band because uh, i think you will love them and mm-hmm. then and it <laughs> but now we are very good friends with them so it's like our life crossing path with these people um but of course for us i don't know diy is a very important concept so we tend to work with people which are on a lower scale and they are like they like to get their hands dirty <laughs> yeah so people that don't have really the concept of like oh we are on kitchen leg and now we are going to be famous because it's like look our scale of operation is super tiny <laughs> so you're not going to be famous <laughs> right. 
Yeah. I think it was also important for us that we had active bands, you know, like uh, that we could promote the shows. And there's always, like, whenever, to the extent that it's possible, a release show for uh, for for the uh, album or cassette when it comes out. And we've been sort of lucky in the last couple of years. The bands are, uh, are very active. And that, of course, COVID was a bit of a problem, but um, everything is, is operating again. And those a lot of those bands that we put up recently are by and large still active. Yeah. Andrew, in terms of like the collages, was that, I mean, for those mixtapes that you were making that Federica mentioned, is that something that you were doing often uh, in terms of art, or, or does your artistic stuff go beyond? I mean, do you do a lot of other stuff outside of that? I'm trying to do it when it's not now more sort of, uh, for me, it's the collage is always connected to the music because even when I was like a teenager, I was my first collages were for just mixtapes that I made for myself. You know? So for me, the, the, the art, uh, Large form in particular was always connected to cassettes on that level. Mm-hmm. So it made a lot of sense uh, when we started the label. That I was I already had kind of experienced privately with it. You know, yeah. it seemed very normal to me. I don't. I never did sort of collages just for um, an art piece to hang on a wall. Or very rarely. So for me, they're always connected. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, when I think of Berlin, and you already, you know, made reference to this, I think of a pretty long and rich tradition of experimental music and, and electronic music. And I was I was reading an old interview that you did, I, I don't know, maybe 2015, 2016, and you had mentioned that one of the things that you were more interested in with your label is uh, putting out material by people who played real instruments and not necessarily like dudes behind laptops <laughs> sitting behind a table. Uh, so I think maybe you were you were uh, you know getting at not only the equipment but maybe also how male dominated you know that world uh, has has tended to be right. Uh, and I guess is that a position that you still hold for Kitchen Leg? Yes, I mean. Um... We, I don't know if you can call Kitchen Leg a feminist label, but probably it is. Uh, it's, uh, we, we never decide we are going to put only female artists, because in reality we produce any artist that we think uh, we like. It's just that since the beginning we produce more female artists, so we have more, even people that propose to us records, which happen, like, well, recent happened to us with uh, Forsy Kinder. This is a band that write to us. It's more female that write to us than males. So mm-hmm. it just, uh, I think also the audience that we have is 50-50, but there is, it's is a, a more, I don't know, is an environment where females maybe feel more comfortable with somehow. Sure. Uh, there is a lot of girls doing stuff in general that are around us. People like doing sound, people doing this and that. So it's, um, yeah, but but for sure we like uh, this energy when people get together that is not just one guy <laughs> doing yeah. everything. Yeah, I think the, the laptop thing, it's more, we're, we're into bands. We like that energy of the um, several people on stage making a sound um, 
we could only get by working in tandem together, which is the, the magic about bands. You right. Know? And it's, it's a harder thing to do. We're just kind of biased that way that uh, I'm sure if I heard really something amazing by someone sitting on stage just with their laptop, but I, it hasn't really happened yet. Yeah. Is That's, that, is that, and for you, is it something that is tied to the live performance piece, sort of the physicality of that and appreciation for that as well? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's the energy that also my favorite bands or whatever live experiences, when you see some people who are a band that is maybe really tight, but also could be on the verge of going off the rails. <laughs> yeah. But because they're tight, it's, it's not a disaster. It's just they're playing that, there's that possibility that I find exciting, you know. Right, right. You know, on your website, you list uh, several different inspirations for the label. And you've, again, you've, you've referenced a few of those, but one of which is uh, the Minutemen's Econo aesthetic and philosophy. And I guess, speaking personally as someone whose view of punk, and I guess just music in general, was uh, greatly impacted by the Minutemen, um, I guess, can you share how you've come to define and maybe put into practice but the idea of being quote unquote uh econo means for the label yeah well uh we are giant fan of the minutemen obviously <laughs> first of all uh we really like this idea of uh, try to do what you can with your own means um like when we worked we both work um but like we use a lot of our free time and a lot of our some of our salaries for the label and but we try to not do um to not produce something that or like to not uh, invest too much that we cannot get back because otherwise uh, there will be no sustainable so for us uh, being like this the concept of being sustainable is very important there this is one of the reasons why we produce very rarely vinyl because that's a bit of unsustainable business. That's that's what we noticed so far. And uh, yeah, like and as I say, DIY in general, we try to do everything by ourselves. Just to say, when we do a release party, we cook for the band ourselves. We don't even buy food <laughs> from a restaurant. We cook for the band, and we try to do everything that we can. Really, in this in this uh, in this apartment. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, the level of self-reliance and sort of the way um, if you're doing it according, if you think you're doing it the right way, people will notice. Um, and, you know, the relationship we build with the bands and stuff like that becomes out of everyone understands or, or has the feeling that everyone is acting responsibility and doing it for the right thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Instead of <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Well, why don't we play some music here, uh, the first block of music, and I thought maybe we'd start it off with, and uh, I'll, I'll trip up pronouncing it, it's probably Piura, the band Piura, yeah. yeah. Um, terrific release. Any Anything that you want to say about that particular group before we jump into the music? What is my best? Oh, no, kidding. Okay. There's, I can't keep up with all of them. That's too much. Yeah, it's my band. Uh, we started, uh, I guess, almost... Two years, it will be two years in, at the end of this year that we started. So it's uh, myself, 
It's uh, Lina that play in another band that we released, which is called the Schna, and uh, Pia, okay. uh, which is a drummer from Berlin. Um, and yeah, I, I just started to play with uh, Pia because she put an ad when I was looking for a drummer. And then Lina was recruited on the way and it just worked magically. It's one of these bands where so far we never fight, we don't skip practice, so mm-hmm. we are in a honeymoon situation. That's, you know, and here I put in, I was like, I think I've got all of your projects figured out. I am just trying to piece it all together. And I missed that one. <laughs> well, regardless, we're still going to start this set with it. It's pure, but it's a track called Skinny Jeans.
For a period of time uh, between 2019 and 2020, you were doing a monthly radio program. It was called Voodoo Beach Party, which I love that name. <laughs> but it was really not a, matching the name. There was a lot of fun music on it, quite, you know, wide ranging playlists that you put together. Um, and sometimes there was like a theme or a focus for a show and you would bring in live sets and stuff like that. So um, as a music or I should say, as a radio person, I was just curious to know kind of how you got involved in that and if that's something that could resurface again at some point. Um, I think it could resurface. I think we stopped at a certain point because um, we just, you know, we have a lot to do with the label and stuff like this. And it's we, a COVID thing. We started doing yeah, COVID. We, we weren't even so sure. We never really got any feedback. So we didn't know if anyone out there. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those things like, well... Maybe for a couple of months, we put a repeat because we had other stuff to do. And then eventually we thought, well, I don't know if anyone would notice if we just stopped. But now that you mentioned, I think back on some of the things we did, um, especially like you mentioned, the, uh, the theme, the theme episodes, you know, we put a bit of work into that, you know. And right. We, I think for us, it was interesting. We wanted to keep in, be, um, an interest in it somehow. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we think of um, oddball concepts. I don't know, just as a music listener myself, uh, sometimes I find myself grouping widely disparate songs together by some, sometimes intangible or something that I think like this, this group of songs can, can belong together. I think we did that a few times. Yeah, like this uh, Kit radio is a radio which is based on a bar in Berlin, which is mm -hmm. a Kit bar, and they started the radio and uh, we, we know uh, some of the people involved in the radio, so um, the, the guy that's on the bar, which is a very cool guy, he asked us, like, oh, why do, don't you do a radio show? So we said, oh, yeah, why not? Mm. It would be fun. Um, but it's something that we were doing a lot during uh, 2020, uh, 2021, because, you know, we were at home all the time. Right. So we had the time to think about stuff like, why don't we do a Doris cover episode or something? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. but, but after 
when we start to go out, thank God, <laughs> then we start to have less and less time to do this. Yeah. So at this point, we stopped, but it was fun. Yeah. It's just funny to think some of the episodes we did, you can really tell what some of our particular obsessions at that moment right. were. Yeah, I, I feel like that's exactly what I, I reveal every other week is what I'm what I'm obsessed with at that given time, pretty much. <laughs> well, I have to confess, and I think I've already outed myself here, Federica, is that, well, first, I, I thought I had all your projects pieced together, but I had a bit of an aha moment the other day while preparing for this because I finally put two and two and made the connection that you you recorded as Duchamp. And I've heard that yes. stuff. Yes. And, and Fausto Magistral and like the, yep. the, the Roman Catholics. Like, I'm like, oh, I, duh, I know those projects. I've heard a lot of oh, that. Yeah. Um, and I know that I've played a lot of that stuff on, on the show over the years. And, and it was stuff that came out not on Kitchen Leg. Um, there was another Berlin-based label. It was called Full Body Massage Records. And I was just... Uh, they they put out quite a few of the Duchamp tapes. It was is that something that you were involved in at all? That particular label. I, uh, it's one of my best friends that has okay. the label. You know, Teres is uh, is actually our neighbor and is a very good friend of us. And so we always, um, I mean, we we share also a lot of like stuff that we learn about tape technology. We share with him like how how to record because in the beginning, but. Us and Inon, we were recording everything at home. The dubbing. The dubbing, like with the tape deck. Yeah. And we, we start to do this thing, and now we, all the three, we abandoned this technique because it was madness. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to, yeah, it was like I couldn't, all these different projects that you have been involved in between the two of you, it's like I had to go back and sort of revisit and again, like I said, connect the dots for for all these things that you've been involved in. Um, But yeah, maybe I should just carry on with this idea is that, you know, you have had several things that have come out on on Kitchen Leg between like Bra, 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 there's Ruins of Kruger, two of your respective groups. Uh, And then uh, Federica, you were in a group called, is it Xantine? Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Yeah. And then another solo thing, Super Sherry, Andrew, you've been involved in Hit Gib. And now I know that I screwed up and you're in Pierva. So yes, I've, there's a lot of things happening. And a lot of them, as you already brought up, are, are short-lived projects. And I was just wondering, is that just more logistics and keeping a band together? Or are you people that are interested in just moving on to something, new ideas and fresh kind of musical pathways? I think keeping a band together is really, really hard. As uh, our very wise uh, friend Yuri told us many times, it's like a band is made of human, which are musicians. <laughs> so how you can find musicians which need to be good but then you have to find also good humans that are reliable, that are nice, that you want to spend time with, and they are committed. And that's always the problem with bands. Um, like, Santini is a band that I started when one of the Bra Bra was away, and then me and Psycho, which is the drummer of uh, Bra Bra Bra, we started the band with my friend Angela, but then the band didn't, uh, didn't went on. But, I mean, we are still best friends, so it's mm-hmm. no hard but the fact is that life is complicated. People, maybe they, they move 
also a lot around in Berlin. There is people that maybe stay here for some year and then they go away. Yeah. There's also a lot of people have multiple bands and then at some point we have to decide what, what the priorities are. Right, right. Well, as you mentioned, I mean, you have lives outside of this. You you have to work and do all that stuff and, and running a label. So it's a matter of, uh, of prioritizing your time. So I'm just wondering, like, for you where you stand, what are your main musical projects at in the here and now? I mean, is it just solo stuff? Or I know you have the group that you would, uh, were referring to, Federica. Well, for me, uh, well, at the moment, I'm very busy with Piovra. With Prova Bra, we are a bit, um, I mean, the band still exists, but my guitar player, uh, my keyboard player is going to have a baby soon. So it's going to going to be quiet for a bit, although the band is going to exist for sure. And then there will be Duchamp. Unfortunately, my bandmate in Foster, my son, moved back to New Zealand. So this makes uh, stuff a bit hard logistically. Yeah. There's also Super Shari is going to become live. Ah, yes, yeah, so Super Shiri is going to be one only concert yeah. in November. Up, the upcoming one, yeah. How about for you, Andrew? What are what are you doing musically at this time? What are your projects that you have going on? Yeah, the uh, the last thing I did for the label was um, was called uh, Post Spiral Ensemble. Thank uh, you. cleared it up. I was going to ask you that if that was you. <laughs> so that one was, um, that, like I said, was a bunch of, Different recordings of yeah. mine, also over different different ideas and a different um, time period. Let's say um, I started uh, that as a live project last year. Yeah, last year, and that's also uh, you know been a challenge for having like a steady members and mm-hmm. whatnot. But right now it exists as a duo, and so was um, the starting off point of that project as a live thing was some of the, the songs from the cassette, but now it's moving into like more like a, of a, a collaboration with the drummer. Whether someone jumps in as a third member at a certain point, it, it's open, but uh, just as a practical thing, we're sort of uh, tailoring it into this, this territory right now. So that's pretty much what I'm working on, on that as a, as a live entity. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to jump into another block of music, and I'm actually going to start with a project that is yours to the project that you've done is called instant voodoo and is oh, that right. is that just a one-off thing of just like dinking around in your apartment and it just led to this or was there some more was it more intentional uh, no i mean this project is something that we i mean we we wanted to make music together and we start to do this project with like yeah with what we have in here i mean you see i mean people don't see at the radio but we have really a lot of gear in here <laughs> um, but then uh, I think the project was a bit killed off during the pandemic because we were at home together all the time and so we're thinking like yeah if we also have to play together that's too much <laughs> yeah it's weird you would think like oh you have all you're there and you have all the time in the world um, you can just make music all the time but it didn't happen that way it actually sort of made a let's say a break that we're still talking about getting back to somehow. We'll start it again, but uh, whether it's uh, an apartment thing or or if we move it over to our, our practice room, with, it's still uh, we have to do that. Right. 
you you had to leave the apartment in order to come back to feel like you could collaborate together. Some sp- <laughs> some space was in order. I get, I can understand that. I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's play a track from this tape. The tape is called Extra Dust and Magic, and this is a track, Divine Horseman, again from Instant Voodoo.
you grin at the sun like you've only begun Convincing yourself this is just a trial run However, this is a fighting endeavor If memory serves, it usually comes late Ahead of the curve, but you still want the way together But it won't hold forever thing I, I, I haven't mentioned yet, and one of the reasons that motivated me for reaching out to you is that you are celebrating your 10th anniversary of running Kitchen Leg, and uh, congrats, I should say, um, for maintaining 
<laughs> for maintaining it that long. I know it's as someone who runs a small label, I know what goes into that. So that's that's an achievement. Um, and I know that you've organized a pretty big concert event uh, with many of the artists on the label coming up here soon. Uh, it, unfortunately, this episode will air after or be available after that. But maybe just explain what you have planned for this upcoming event and if there are any other things uh tied to it that you have planned to mark this milestone for the label well the event itself is going to be two nights at a club here in neuteln which is a district in uh, berlin um yeah we're going to have uh, i think at least 10 bands uh, confirmed 11. 11 confirmed okay mm-hmm. so there'll be five or five to six bands per night so we're going to have things sort of uh, bands uh, edit down their sets to like a around 20 minutes or something like this and yeah that's pretty much it um yeah yeah i mean this uh, birthday bash should take inspiration for an event which uh, like as an event series which we are both involved which is called sunday matinee it's something that we do together with uh, our friends and um it's it's a Sunday afternoon event that we do in a place uh, which is called Villa Curiosum here. It's a, it's a former kindergarten that was squatted in the 80s with a giant garden, and that was and now is is legalized. But it's um well it's, it's one of these uh, I don't know free spaces in Berlin. And uh, we did in the past years we were always doing like one special one year party where we have a lot of bands, but really like an insane number. And we say to the people like, okay, no sound check, only line check, you play 20 minutes. You, so yeah. you do your best songs. Right. So it's the same spirit because the birthday bash of the Martini were super fun. So we want to keep the same spirit. In fact, that is involved with pretty much the same people. Oh, sure. Yeah, I know there was that double cassette that documented some of the stuff from that Sunday matinee series. That pink-looking thing. Maybe you said you probably sent it. I don't. I don't recall, but I remember listening to it, and I was interested. About yeah, is is that's interesting to me. I mean, is the Sunday matinee a good option? Let you're not competing with this like nightlife and all this going on. Does it does it have a pretty strong following there? I would say yes. Um, you know, some maybe in the deep winter, you might have less people coming out on a dark uh, Sunday afternoon or something like this. Um, summer, like she said, there's a garden there, which uh, everyone who sees it is sort of blown away. Uh, mm. Like a hidden garden, you know, and it's a, it's got all these secret little parts that you can discover. It's really quite impressive. So for the most part, people, especially bands, who will play maybe um, will come back as as, um, as visitors for the next uh, installment and or people who discovered for the first time are impressed by it and like sort of the the vibe of the event and um, it's it's a very positive atmosphere and because it's during the day it's uh, you know it's family friendly right we make it so you no know, uh, people don't smoke when it's inside and that kind of thing. And people take advantage of it, you know. It's usually at least uh, a couple of kids uh, at every show, which is interesting. A lot of if there's some noise band, you really wonder what the kids react to. But uh, <laughs> if they come with uh, earplugs or whatever, they're usually 
it was a last month. It was like a, there was a child. Uh, there was about four or five kids that were moshing. The parents were <laughs> band was playing, and the, the parents were just sitting back, laughing their asses off, watching their kids go wild. Yeah, <laughs> four year old kids moshing, you know. So that kind of thing is just uh, it's fun uh, and. Um, yeah, it's sort of a positive environment. So. Right. Yeah. We also have a lot of fans that maybe they had to make their first show. They were a bit nervous to play the first show. So we say, oh, we're going to play the matinee because it's super laid back. So it's, it's much more relaxed atmosphere than mm-hmm. a normal show. And in reality, in Berlin, you have a lot of um, after hours show, but it's for people that are into electronic music. If you're into rock music, there is not much option for the afternoon. So mm-hmm. it's a, a gathering for people which are into rock or punk, and they want to come to listen to some music. And we also have food, always. So we also <laughs> give food to people. Yeah, that's great to hear. How, how frequent are these shows? Is it a monthly thing? Or weekly? Yeah. Monthly. 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 Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, as, as you reflect back on these like 10 years of doing it i mean are there particular aspects that that stand out that you that you can look at each other and just go yeah we're we're proud of that of what we've done with this anything that stands out in your mind i don't know a few years ago there's been some times when things were very slow you know since we only put out stuff we really believe in and, and like and want to present um there's been some, you know, earlier on, um, there might have been some times where there wasn't much going on and we were wondering, for whatever reason, I don't know what it was, but uh, we were wondering if this was still a thing. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, we got very busy. Again, this is also because if we, since we're just following our interests and um, doing things how we wanted, suddenly we, we realized there was all these people projects that we were coming into contact with that we wanted to have for the label and so there's been then times when we've been really busy and, and we did notice like uh, that we were getting some you know a bit of attention from people people were noticing that we were working more mm-hmm. you know so I guess on some level there's a, a satisfaction that uh, if we put the effort in people remember there you know it's not like um we don't feel that like okay uh, people will just ignore it or I don't know I we're, I'm always impressed that uh, people pay attention to it at all so I think um, it's it's just satisfying when we we get the feedback let's say from mm-hmm. from the effort into it. sure anything for you Federica that stands out over these ten years well I I think it's uh, a bit the same what Andrew was saying and. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I, I kind of feel proud of the fact that the people that pay attention to us, they pay attention because they like, and not because they have to, because it's not that we produce a famous band that you have to write about it or right. stuff like this. We never pay for, um, for a review, which is something that I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people that decide to write about my our music or to play our music, it's because they think it's worth which to me is, is something very important. And of course, every time it happened that someone, which happened more than once, they say like, oh, what you guys do is always interesting, at least. For me, it's a very, I don't know, it's a point of pride. 
Yeah. Because I think uh, it's like, okay, well, then it means that you two have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you bring up something there that it's interesting. I was having an exchange with a friend prior to, to meeting with you today about just the music industry and even this area of, let's call it independent music or underground music and how... It, <laughs> How it's easy to get cynical because it seems like so much of even on this scale is now PR driven. And you mentioned like paying for a review. And I had this experience of, of submitting something to a blog and they're like, hey, this is great. I want to review it. My rates are $50. And I just, <laughs> it's like this weird, like all of a sudden, even on this scale, it's like this level of payola that you have to, to and it just, I find it really gross. Like, and I appreciate when we kind of go back to that idea of of punk and DIY and that sort of uh, econo uh, philosophy. Um, I guess that's I. What I'm in short, I appreciate what you're doing because so much of what I see happening, even in this really fringe area of music, I find disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I understand. I mean. I, I don't like this and, and also I don't think it brings anything good at the end because it's like, okay, well, if you pay someone to write a review, it's going to get lost anyway in the millions of reviews that are online that people probably don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So I wanted that people pay real attention to, to what we do if they think it's worth. And I mean, now it's very hard because I mean, mm-hmm. digital media makes everything very hard because I mean we are not on Spotify for instance because we want that people listen to the song from the, to the album from the beginning to the end mm-hmm. in theory and of course um, we I mean since we don't have a contract for our label the contract is that normally we organize a dinner with the, with the band mm-hmm. and then then we feed them and we decide okay let's, let's work together that's <laughs> the contract <laughs> In lieu of a contract. <laughs> yes, but a good meal. That seems respectable. That's that's a meal. But uh, but then we don't want to say to the bands like, oh, you cannot do this, you cannot do that. So some of our bands are on Spotify and it's mm-hmm. fine for me. can do with the music really whatever they want. Right. Um, but I don't want to go there. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, that's... I, similar and from how I operate things. It's, you know, some people choose, I don't feel that I own their creative work. You know, they, I mean, I help them publish and put it on a physical uh, product and help promote it. But beyond that, it's theirs to choose what they want yeah, to do. Yeah, we always approach it as a, as a collaboration based on, you know, mutual interest and wanting to help each other out. Right, right. Well, what else do you have? And now, I mean, I feel like I'm already turning the page and not allowing you to celebrate your 10th anniversary, but what uh, what else do you have in, in store uh, for maybe the remainder of this year as you kind of, you know, wrap up 2023? Uh, there will be the new album of Teshna. This is oh. going to come in November. They did, um, they just finished to, to record their second album and we are very excited. It's going to be very nice, and also for us, it's very exciting when a band decides to release two time for us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And I should go cycle back to the, the the concert. You mentioned that Super Sherry is doing a one and only 
performance. That is coming up as part of that, correct? And Andrew, you as well. You were performing. You're on the roster. Yeah. I, uh, for this particular thing, I will be, uh, I will pick the, the bass duty. Oh, yeah. I'll be playing, yeah, I'll be playing bass for Super Shetty. Yes. Um, I don't know. We're going to have to start practicing soon, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Isn't it's less it exists theoretically right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I recruited people. I mean, I recruited the best drummer in town, which is, uh, it's a uh, Nakamura that played in uh, Novatron. So it's, it's like he's really the best. Yeah, <laughs> thing to do. And then there is uh, my friend uh, Megali, which is uh, which is a very cool person, and she plays a lot of bands. Uh, she's a French artist, and she's going to play as well. She's going to play keyboard, and uh, we are going to open for the show when we are going to do the, the release party. Okay. But okay. I don't know, like that's people that already asked me like, oh, why don't you do the super shitty stuff uh, like as a with backing uh, music but the fact is that the backing music doesn't exist because super shitty was recorded on tape oh so yeah. the backing music doesn't exist yeah and i would feel weird to do that. yeah that's exciting because um one of her songs um from the super shitty tape uh Piotr, uh played it as a cover so that was it was really nice and interesting to hear how that song which was recorded with like a with a keyboard drum machine, how that came to life as a live thing mm -hmm. with real drums, and so uh, that seeing that as an example, I'm kind of excited with uh, what we can do by bringing this yeah. to life. Man, you're pretty much like the Super Cherie big band by the sounds of it. With <laughs> yeah, let's see. I think it's going to be fun, and yeah. um, I mean, for this year, we are going to finish with the now, I think. Because last year we did the seven release, and at the end of the year we were dead because it was really much for us. But next year, I think the first release is going to be Hehehe, which are going to we are going to do a um, collaboration with a label in Spain called um, El Repetidor, which are they are very cool and they use a concept which I really like also economic wise because it's a cooperative, so each artist pay a fee. Uh, all like the a membership right? membership oh, okay and then they release. so we do something together with the uh, repertoire and um yeah with this band which is a very cool band they are going to play for the 10 year anniversary although they are not yet on the label yeah but but it's a very cool band so we are very excited yeah that was the only one that i yeah i didn't recognize that that i was looking at the roster and that was the only one i wasn't familiar with so well, exciting. Soon. Yeah, exciting. There's stuff on the horizon. Well, um, I'm going to jump into this last block of music here, probably cram in a bunch of stuff and uh, get as much uh, from the different uh, releases that you put out included in this show. And I'll kick things off with Earth Log Off, which is, the, you've done two releases. This is the second release. A duo, right? Yes. Yeah, a duo. Very incredible duo, very incredible people too. They're very cool. It's a band that we, we we know because they play one matinee, and we were very, very impressed by them. Mm -hmm. But the, the thing is that always what we try to do when we meet a band that we like, we try to meet them in person, like for drinks or for for, or for a coffee. And that with um, the guy that played uh, Robert, the guy that played like the sampler, and he's, he's such a lovely person, I mean, Sona too. 
And so it's like, okay, well, we must, we have to like people yeah. see personality. That's also something very important. Right, right. Yeah, that's just uh, interesting um, as a live as a live show because they sort of he's playing a sampler, but he's also sampling the drummer at the same time. So they, it's half. I don't know how. I don't really understand how it works, but uh, you're in, there is a, an element of improvisation. Yeah, he's noises that he's manipulating in real time, but he's also sampling the drums and feeding that back in and then he's you know uh you know in split second incorporating that into uh, finding the patterns and playing along to it so it's actually quite a complex thing i think that they're doing and it's pretty and... pretty pummeling too <laughs> it can really hit <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, like if you go to see them live you see like there's really a lot of people dancing but like with the most different style that you can uh, imagine. So it's also very fun to see one of their concerts. Yeah, so they're quite active. They play a lot, so they've got uh, a bit of an audience here. Yeah. Well, people can dance along to this track called The Joy of Failing. And Andrew and Federica, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, you.
And that's going to bring things to an end for this installment of the show. I'd like to thank Andrew and Federica once again for taking the time to chat with me. If you'd like to check out the complete playlist for this episode, you can go to our website at freeformfreakout.com. There are links that will bring you to each of the releases played and where you can purchase either physical or digital copies. I'd also encourage you to check out kitchenlegrecords.tumblr.com where you can find more information about the artists on the label, along with links to listen to the archived radio show that was discussed and other artwork. As always, I encourage you to support labels like Kitchen Leg and the artists on those labels as much as you can. If you have any questions or comments, you can always get in touch with me at fffreakout at hotmail.com. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks with another new episode. Until then, thanks so much for listening. <laughs>